The thought of disclosing an affair to your spouse can be quite terrifying. You know that it's going to cause a lot of distress, perhaps even profound distress, and you also know that you do not really have control over the outcome of your disclosure. While no disclosure is ever going to go well or be a positive experience, our experience working with couples over many years has shown that there are some very helpful and very unhelpful ways to disclose infidelity. In this show, we want to help you do the best job you can as you prepare to disclose a betrayal to your spouse. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you would like to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a tough but truthful episode for you this week. This is episode number 267, and today we're going to be talking about disclosing infidelity and basically what not to do. In a few shows, we're going to talk about what you should do, but this show is focusing on what not to do when disclosing infidelity. That's right. And before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed what to do when you get overwhelmed or flooded during conflict with your spouse. That's worth going back and checking out. Happens in, I'm going to say, most marriages, definitely most marriages that we where we end up talking to people. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. So today's topic. Yes, things to avoid. Effective, thoughtful disclosures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a way to do these things and a way not to do these things. And I think that's what we're saying today. And, you know. And as we said in the intro, like it's never going to be a good experience. Yeah, no. It's this is always a very difficult thing, but you can avoid it being a very horrible thing, I think. Yeah. Or more horrible. Better or worse, kind of. Yeah, there's degrees of difficulty here. Okay. So if you have broken a promise of faithfulness or fidelity to your spouse, then you are facing the need to disclose that betrayal or infidelity. And infidelity, of course, covers many possibilities. It could be a purely emotional or even a romantic relationship with someone of the opposite sex outside your marriage. It could be an online relationship or relationships or even just interactions that have occurred that would be a betrayal. It could be viewing pornography. could be a one-time or ongoing sexual relationship outside the marriage with one or more partners. It could be a financial betrayal, like a hidden gambling debt or purchasing something significant without disclosing that or discussing that with your spouse. So it comes in in many forms. And we're going to be mainly just talking about the affair form of it today. And although it's very difficult to disclose an affair, the research shows that individuals who do disclose acknowledge that in the end, it was a challenging but correct choice to make to oh, do the disclosure. Okay. Yeah. And even across a wide variety of you know kinds of disclosures, uh, like what we just discussed. Okay. So I should mention too that if you're realizing, you're listening to this today, and maybe you're starting to realize in your own journey that you're sex addicted and you have an extensive double life to disclose to your spouse, that there are professionals who specialize in helping with that kind of disclosure. And in this show, I mainly focused on the disclosure of an affair, not a sex addiction. 
Okay. Uh, although some of the principles will definitely apply to other kinds of betrayals, I just wanted to note that for sex addiction, the process is much more deliberate, the process of disclosure and planned. Delib- it should be deliberate and planned because the extent of what must be disclosed and how traumatic that is for uh, mm-hmm. the betrayed spouse. So that, that one requires more than just kind of listening to a show from OIF and then going for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we can help you find a professional that does that if you uh, aren't able to find one yourselves. Okay, so what should we avoid? Okay, we know we have to do it. Yeah, yeah. So while I'm going to talk about things to avoid, I want to start by saying it's important to be fully honest. So you don't want to avoid honesty. Okay. You definitely want to avoid lying while disclosing the truth. And that may sound funny to say it that way, but sometimes people think they can ease the blow by reducing the overall truthfulness of the disclosure. Mm. But when those lies within the truths or between the truths get discovered that then even the truth that you did disclose gets called into question. Okay. So if you lie, tell the truth, lie, tell the truth, lie, tell the truth as you're so, Uh, you know, yes, I had sex with that woman, but it was only three times. And then later on it comes out, well, it was seven times. Well, then you don't know if anything else you disclosed so far was true or not. Like, well, how many partners was there? How do I know it was that woman and not more women or whatever, right? Yeah. So we're going to offer several things to avoid, but I'm assuming that you as the listener have the goal of becoming radically honest with your spouse as a result of engaging in this disclosure. So I think that's really good to note though. Like it doesn't make it easier by not telling the truth. It doesn't make it easier on your spouse. Correct. Or rebuilding your marriage. Or rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Or on the both of you. Even though you think in the short term, it might be easier. Yeah. Okay. So. So first thing to avoid is to avoid excessive detail. Now, this is a delicate one, uh, so you know, just feel free to banter back and forth with me on this one, Verlinda, but okay. let me make my pitch here. Every spouse varies in how much they want to know about the infidelity that did occur. Some want to know very, very little. Others want to know what, what the infidelity was, like what did you do and who was it with? And others want to know more than that. They want to know all the details down to the exact sort of play-by-play intricacies of the extramarital sexual encounters. Okay. While it's important for your spouse to know the truth, I would suggest it's also important not to give too much detail as it will greatly increase the traumatic blow of the disclosure. Mm -hmm. And this is observed in the research. When too much is disclosed, I hear a lot of betrayed spouses talking about flashbacks, about scenes playing like a movie in their mind, even though they weren't there. Mm, So that just creates imagery. Mm -hmm. I do recommend in cases of infidelity that the betrayed spouse know who the affair partner or partners were, where they met, when they met, and what happened, like whether the trysts involved intimate conversations only or if they involved sexual intercourse, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Those facts help the betrayed spouse to understand the pattern and extent of the extramarital behavior so they can be aware of them reoccurring, for one. It becomes part of a safety net that they will have to construct. But also it tells them what they're forgiving if that's what they want to do. But if your spouse wants extensive detail, your betrayed spouse, like sexual positions, what the affair partner was wearing, the lingerie maybe, Mm -hmm. like that kind of level of stuff, your exact thoughts at different points in Mm -hmm. the affair interactions, you have to be careful not to appear to be hiding or minimizing what happened. So a very thoughtful response is required here. And what I recommend is that you tell your spouse that you're not entirely opposed to sharing all of the details. Nor do you wish to continue any form of hiding or dishonesty, but you're gravely concerned that the sharing of those details could cause extensive unnecessary trauma to your spouse. So you could encourage them at that point to carefully and thoughtfully review why they feel they need all the extensive detail. 
And to do that, especially with a counselor who specializes in marriage counseling or in betrayal or infidelity recovery. Okay. Right? So really understanding why do you need all the detail? Are you sure? Yeah, what if they say yes? Well, then again, you know, I I, I would again try to just push a little bit. And you don't have a lot of leverage at this point as the betraying spouse. Mm -hmm. But could you agree to a moratorium on detail until several weeks after the disclosure? Because often what is happening is that obsessing over details is a stage that the betrayed partner goes through as a way of coping with the intense feelings of the betrayal. Right. But it doesn't actually help the intense feelings of the betrayal. What they really need to do is to actually process those feelings and address them rather than try to satiate the need with details. Right. What do you think? Mm. Like, I agree with you that knowing the details is not helpful. Or I agree with the research. Nice to know yep. the research is right. But You can agree with me too. That's okay. <laughs> right. I agree with you too. Yes. Oh, thanks. But I'm just saying, I just thinking like the person who's been betrayed yeah. and whose spouse is coming to them. And they now want the details. Like, what is their spouse going to do? Like, well, actually, the research says, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I think that would be really hard to take. Like, you've lied to me. Now you're not going to tell me. I just wonder how the betrayed spouse is going to, like, a few weeks down the road, maybe it would be like, okay, I understand why you didn't tell me. But at the time, I don't know that they would get there. Or I think it would be difficult to get there because you're having yeah, to trust somebody who just blew your trust right out helpful. of the water. Right. I guess I've seen a couple things on this is like where you sort of get into a no-go situation is if you so your spouse says, if you don't tell me all of the details, I'm walking out right now. So what are you going to do? Probably going to tell her all the details. Right. Then she has to deal with it, right? Or he. Right. But I have seen cases where, yeah, there's still profound upset, but this is a couple maybe that's had 20, 30 years of marriage. And so there is some trust in the sensibilities of each other outside of this mm-hmm. shattering moment. And it's like when the husband has suggested it, she's been like, yeah, you're probably right. Okay. Okay. And maybe this comes in the midst of a lot of anger and so on and so forth. And then I've seen other situations where where I've actually had a you know the wife being like, you know what? I had to have all the details because I, I wanted to know everything that I had to forgive. Like it's a big positive thing. And yet she's not even aware of like the depth of unresolved trauma that she's incurred as a result. Mm, okay. Um, so it's a tough one. Like, cause I don't like taking agency away from people. Like if yeah. they want the information. Yeah. So, but this, like, this is a recommendation. Okay. It's not going to ruin. Right. I mean, if what the ruining has already been done, but yeah. this is, you know, from anecdotally and from research that we've seen, it's not going to be helpful to give extra detail. Okay. It doesn't mean you can always avoid it. Okay. One okay. quote that I did come across in one study said, uh, I don't, yeah, it was a female. She said, you know, on my side, I, and I'm going to add the word thought, thought I needed to know every single detail. And now that I look back, that was wrong. He was willing to tell me every detail, but in the end, I didn't need to know every detail. I mean, I thought I did, but really didn't. That okay. was, those were her words, right? Okay. And so I think that part of the balance that can be held here is to be willing to do this, but not doing it Mm -hmm. until there's kind of a real thoughtful, calmer place where she's able to consider it from, if possible. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because you want to get to the place where you're not hiding anything, but you're also like in, you know, you're both in a, in a spot where you're like, your nervous system is not so hyper aroused by the threat of what's happening that you're making destructive decisions while hoping that they're helpful. Right. If I can put it that way. Yeah. But when you're in that situation, like that would be so hard to. Super hard. Yeah. Think that way. Yeah. 
Okay. So once again, we have a bonus information packet for our supporters. If you would like the supporters of our show, our Patreon members, if you would like something that you can give to your spouse after your disclosure as a starting point, it's a couple pages long and includes several points for him or her to consider. And it includes links to more of our shows where we've created that we have created specifically for betrayed spouses. And okay. it also includes a link to our betrayal counseling page. So if your spouse does want someone to talk to, a qualified counselor for help through this very tough time, she can uh, reach out that way. Well, she's kind of giving them starting points, not saying they have to do it, but you want to mm-hmm. just offer it as, you know what, I realize I've really screwed up and here's some stuff to kind of start with. Okay. Is where this can be helpful. And you can get this uh, additional download by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at oyf.support. That's oyf.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we are talking about the need to avoid excessive detail when disclosing. Mm-hmm. The next thing is to avoid inconsiderate timing. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a good point to cover. We've had the occasional betrayed spouse share with us how they receive disclosure at extremely inopportune moments. And one case I can remember was uh, when she was just diagnosed with breast cancer. And then her husband dumped on her? Yeah. But he had an affair. Yep. Oh my. Double whammy. Another wife shared with me that her husband disclosed just a few days before he died just as he was slipping into a coma. So there's no chance to like, uh. for even, I was going to say to get more details, but like to to know the extent or why or debrief or mm-hmm, anything, right? Mm-hmm. And another times- That's like cruelty. It's, yeah. I mean, he gets to back the dump truck up and tip the, yeah. the back, but she's left with the pile. Other times I hear about disclosure, like on the way to a family Christmas holiday, mm-hmm. kind of that thing. So- uh. There's never a great time to disclose betrayal, Mm -hmm. but there are definitely some times that are much worse than others. And that's just what we want to point out here. So if your spouse is already overwhelmed with pain or grief due to other circumstances, it would be wise to wait. Or even if they're battling a severe illness, disclosing an affair could actually compromise their immune system, their body's natural healing abilities even more. Wow. Because it's a profound stress moment, right? Mm -hmm. Which depletes your ability to restore physically inside your body. Hmm. Uh, Another inconsiderate timing thing is disclosing via a phone call, like a long distance phone call, leaving your spouse to cope and pick up the pieces for a number of days on his or her own, like while they're by themselves. It's best if you can speak with your spouse face to face, Mm -hmm. if at all possible, and make sure they're not left to deal with it alone or just them and the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got to put the front on and keep doing all that when you're just inside, you're, you're just crumpled. Yeah. So 
having said all that, it's usually best if your disclosure is sooner rather than later. One thing that may be worse than an inopportune or mistimed disclosure is a forced disclosure or even a discovery. Mm, yeah. So if there's a possibility that your spouse may discover the betrayal through another source, then you're probably better off with a poorly timed disclosure than you are with a discovery event. Okay. Like in some cases, getting printed up in the paper kind oh of thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So at least the disclosure itself is an honest gesture towards recovery when you when you do a disclosure, whereas a discovery always begs the question if you ever plan to stop the lies and betrayal. Right. Right. That have covered the affair to the point of discovery. Uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something, there's coming clean lends some trust, like a little yeah. bit of trust to a betrayal event, whereas a discovery, you don't even get that. Right. You get found out, you get busted. Yeah. Basically. And the, as if they're going to believe you at that point that you were going to tell them the next day. No. Yeah. So you want to avoid inconsiderate timing. Yeah. Uh, third thing, avoid staggered disclosure. Very important. And unfortunately, something I see fairly commonly. Staggered disclosure is when you reveal the infidelity through a series of smaller disclosures spread out over time. You keep okay. back or you hide information that could have been revealed at the first disclosure. And it's often done with a little bit of sincerity on the part of the betrayer, just in the sense that they, they realize that disclosure is going to be very painful for their betrayed spouse. So they want to protect their spouse from all that pain by kind of bleeding the air out slowly rather than just popping the balloon in one loud, sharp blast. Okay. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. It's not a better route to go to give little bits of information over time. Okay, why is that? Because it quickly becomes apparent to your spouse that the hiding and covering up is continuing, even if the infidelity or affair mm. itself has stopped. And this is where you have to remember that lying hurts worse than the actual extramarital event. Okay. Like the covering up okay. and the deceit and the betrayal hurts worse than the act of betrayal. But you're not actually lying here. Well, you're holding back information is what becomes uh, apparent. Okay. So what else are you holding back? When were you planning to tell me this? Right? And so it just sends the signal that the covering up and the hiding and the deceit are continuing. They're ongoing. Rather than, you know what? I've been living a double life and I have to stop now. Here's what's happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is Would there ever be a situation where like, honestly, someone doesn't remember or something? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I tend to see that more in like where there's a life of sex addiction that's happened, oh, like 20 okay. years, 30 okay. years. And and the behaviors might have been so extensive that they're not all remembered. And okay. that, that gets really delicate because uh, you end up with a staggered disclosure and it for the betrayed spouse, it feels like it's, it's being like done to you. Again. Yeah. Yes. Every yeah. time you just rip that scab off, scratch at that wound. And yet for the betrayer, like they may genuinely not recall. Mm, that'd be hard. Until they're actually like in the space of working with a therapist and finding yeah. kind of moments to calm and recollect things, right? So yeah. it's better to tell them the full extent. Yeah. Rather than reveal it in bits and pieces over time. Your spouse wants and needs to arrive at a point where they believe that they have seen and now know everything that has happened. Even without knowing every detail. Yes. Okay. The extent. Right. Okay. So you hmm. want to avoid a staggered disclosure. Yeah. Makes and then sense. the final thing to avoid is to avoid blaming your spouse. So please, please do not blame your spouse. During disclosure. Okay, do people actually do this? Yes. If you hadn't been so cold and frigid, I wouldn't have had to go find another warm body to be with. That happens. Oh, yeah. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. Well, you weren't available. Hmm. Anyways, uh, if there's any wives out there that need like a, <laughs> a hit woman to help you, just call my wife and for <laughs> oh, my a fee. Goodness. Like, what are these people thinking? 
I mean, I know well, we're supposed to be understanding and whatever. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, being this very is, judgmental. <laughs> this is why I'm the therapist and my wife runs the hit team for Betrayed Wives. I'm not a hit team, but... What was your question? Why do people do this? Yeah. Like, why because would you think that's okay? Number one, to have the affair. Number two, to be disclosing it and then blame it on your spouse. Do you really want me to try to answer the question? Probably because they might react like I'm reacting. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I, like, honestly. Like, in some way, to do this kind of behavior, for almost all the people that do this, it's against their own values. Right. But they've had to rationalize it somehow to get around those values to do what they... Rather than just admitting, I did wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I hate saying that too, but... Yeah. So there will come a time to look into what was happening in your marriage that made it vulnerable to infidelity. Mm-hmm. But that, at this stage, you do not want to get drawn into explaining the affair in any way that lays blame at the feet of your betrayed spouse. So even if your marriage was in bad shape prior to the affair, and sure, that's a shared reality Mm -hmm. that will eventually have to be solved together, you're still the person who made the betrayal decision. Yes. And so at this point, that's all that's relevant. If you blame your spouse at this stage, it's only going to add fuel to the fire. Mm -hmm. A lot of it. Yes. So you may need to explain your actions. Your spouse will likely ask you why you did what you did. Your spouse will definitely ask you why you did what you did. Yeah. But there's probably two key strategies to attend to or stay close to here. One is to avoid excusing your actions. And this is harder than you think. Any attempt to explain why mm-hmm. you did what you did that makes you out to be a victim of circumstances or a victim of other people is going to look like excuse making. Mm-hmm. That's not going to fly with your spouse because what it means is that Anytime you find yourself in those circumstances again, you're going to repeat the betrayal. That's what she's oh, or he is going to see. You're just me, a victim. I'm just a victim. So you really don't have any defenses against betraying your spouse again. Right, so what you need not. to do instead is to own the factors that contributed. I drank too much. It wasn't, you know, the guys got me drunk and we got carried away. Mm, okay. I let my guard down with her. Mm-hmm. I allowed myself to be captivated by his flirting okay. and so on, but no excuses. Right. Is that yeah. making sense? Yeah, I think so. And the second thing is state the hard realities that are almost always the case in these kinds of situations. I was selfish. I wanted it, so I did it. Okay. And it was wrong. Yeah. I was not thinking of you. I was only thinking of myself. I should have been thinking of you. Okay. I have to figure out why I wasn't thinking of you because that is something I never want to find myself in that position again. Right? Yeah. I ignored everything that you mean to me and all that we've built together. And after all the things that we've done, I was so self absorbed. I was willing to risk everything for a moment of pleasure. Wow. Yeah. Those would be hard admissions to make. Yeah. Yeah. They are. But But you can see how that would go over so much better than, well, if you weren't so cold or less bad. Yes. Less badly. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And like, it gets tough too, like as the betraying spouse, like one tough one that betraying spouses get hit with is, uh, why didn't you come to me? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to answer the, why didn't you come to me question without laying any blame at the feet of your spouse. Oh. So you really kind of have to parcel out what was happening inside you. So if, if you're, let's say your spouse was in, a, um, having a difficult time in life for whatever reason, had just been kind of really angry for a couple of years yeah. and you went and had an affair. Why didn't you come to me? Well, you're angry all the time. So you have to kind of stop and think about that is, you know, I was feeling lonely and I didn't have the courage. Mm, So you have to own your part in not being able to step forward, even in the face of anger. Right. Because even though that anger may have been a factor, you still made the decision to go and have the affair. Yeah. And your wife will come to the, or your husband will come to the place where, you know, they'll be able to say, you know what? I was angry a lot and that made it hard too. 
for you. Okay, okay. But now's not the time. This is no. this is where our advice here is around disclosure. Only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just uh, this isn't the whole healing process. Yeah. Those kind of that initial event, hopefully one event of disclosure, and the few weeks around it. Few weeks. You make it sound so easy. Well, there's a few weeks where things are very uh, inflamed and sore. Okay. And delicate. And oh, then, so you're not saying a few weeks and you'll be fine. No, no. It's just, just that it's particularly in those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the simple statements where you take responsibility without excuse or without kind of fine print or disclaimers or minimizing, those are very, very honest things to say. And they're not going to take away your spouse's pain, but they'll cause far less pain and trauma than if you deny, minimize, blame shift and generally avoid responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the, the words you say about, you know, while you were putting on a lot of weight. During a disclosure? Oh, yes. What? Oh, yes. Will burn for years. Forever? And possibly even permanently uh, wound self-image. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my wife will probably come (laughs) over and cut something off you. (laughs) Yes. Don't say that. (laughs) But, okay, can I just say something, too? Like, you have these brilliant statements. Okay. But for somebody listening to this that needs to make a disclosure. Yeah. You can't just take Caleb's statement and run with it. You have to like, find your own words. You have to find your own words. It has to be 100% true for you. It has not to just, feel authentic. Not just really impressive sounding for your spouse. Yeah, I read this on a blog. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because no, do you know point. what? If she finds the blog and finds those words... <laughs> oh, so you were just reading me a script? Yeah, exactly. You can imagine how that might go over. Yeah. Like, it's got to be real from you. Feel you. Yes. Yep. So That's even in the betrayal, it has to be honest. So or not the betrayal, sorry, the disclosure. Disclosure. Yeah. So for Linda's fifth thing to avoid is quoting Caleb verbatim <laughs> in a way that's cheesy and sounds like you got it out of a book, which is a very valid point. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yep. I would, uh, do you know what? But okay. My fifth thing to avoid when Sixth. disclosing infidelity is yes. maybe not to quote Caleb, but I think you're brilliant. And I think if people quoted you, the world would be a much better place. Oh, thank you. But in this situation, just make the words your own. It's got to be honest from your heart. Honest. Not yes. Repeating I like the word else. authentic a little authentic. better than honest there because it's congruent. There's a oh. word. Like it fits who you are and where you're at right then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do get the uh, odd person coming back to me and reporting that the spouse was like, did your therapist tell you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, it was like, oh, shucks. It was worth a shot. Let's well, wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Thank you to Dennis and... Linky. Linky. Yep. For becoming patrons between this recording and our previous one. We appreciate that. Oh, and we have an iTunes review from the United States from Casey Evernow. Says, five stars, brilliant podcast. Thank you for all the wisdom, insights, the pleasant exchanges. They say love alone can't save a marriage, but knowledge does. And thank you so much for the information and knowledge shared. Love it. Sweet. Love the uh, review, Casey. Thanks for taking time to leave us a review. It helps more people see our podcast. And it encourages us too. Mm -hmm. Next week. We're talking about how self-compassion can help your marriage. Hmm. That'll be interesting because I just read this meme thing about, (laughs) I sound so like millennial. Hey, anyways, I just read this meme thing about how you should say it wrong. So you sound like a boomer. (laughs) I just read a may may (laughs) about how self care was like totally wrong and anti-scriptural and against God. And it just was like, I didn't, I did not agree with that. How about love your neighbor as yourself? Yes. Anyways, I didn't agree with that, but that's okay. That's out there. And that's what some people think. But next week- Those people are wrong. (laughs) I didn't say that. No, they are. 
Okay. Well, next week we'll find out how self-compassion can help your marriage. So that's good. Indeed. But that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 267. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.